You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. You're listening to How to Embody Your Feminine Essence with Tiara Nicole. I am really excited for this episode because the energy of our feminine is something that is really misunderstood or it's paradigmed around this is what the feminine is, to wear a flowy skirt and to have lots of makeup on and to get your nails done. But our feminine energy and the overall feminine essence can largely govern so much in our health from our mental state, our emotional state, even the state of our health. So I'm bringing this conversation to the topic today with Tiara Nicole. And the reason why I reached out to Tiara is that she supports many women in deepening their connection with their bodies, their mind, and their spirit. She does this by cultivating an inner world of love, beauty, and wisdom, and all these things are possible. Her work focuses on attuning you into your deepest authenticity so that you can evolve into the woman you are always meant to be. She does this through online programs, trainings, private mentorships, retreats, and sacred healing sessions as she helps rebirth and empower us into the core of our daily life. Her mission is to assist you, us, in becoming the best, most empowered versions of yourself. So I couldn't have literally thought of a better person to connect with to talk about feminine embodiment and our feminine essence. So in this episode, we talk about what is feminine embodiment. She breaks it down and gives a great example of this. Why do we need feminine embodiment? Like, is this really all it's made out to be? Do I need to know about it? How we can listen to our bodies and tune in. How our feminine and masculine energy can affect our body connection and how we listen to our bodies. Then she gives us a definition of what the masculine is and then what the feminine is so that we can clearly understand the differences between the two and where we may be sitting in our masculine and where we may be sitting in our feminine. We explore feminine energy traits and how they actually can be linked into each of the four phases of your menstrual cycle, how you can start your own journey into the feminine essence and ways that you can drop out of your masculine if you're living a little too masculine today or on any day for that matter. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love talking about these particular topics. And I know that if you're listening to this and you feel like, oh my God, I'm more masculine. Oh my God, I'm more feminine. Oh, I really want to increase my natural femininity or the energy of my feminine. This episode is going to give you the guiding tips on how to do that. And just remember to keep it simple because when you over make it, when you make it overcomplicated, sorry, you're actually doing so with a masculine approach. Feminine is all about allowing and surrendering, and that's what we need to apply. So enjoy this episode, and I'll be talking with you soon. This episode is brought to you by the Well Women Academy. The Well Women Academy is my signature group coaching program. It's a weekly membership together where we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Join me and women from all over the world as together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and everything to do with your yoni. This is your chance to join an international community of supportive women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. 
It's a cyclical sisterhood like no other, not to mention it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. To learn more and to join us, head to wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. Terrene, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We are talking about some juicy topics today, and these are like full body feminine, uh, I don't even know what the next word could be, like energies that we're going to dive into. And it's going to, I always say, oh, this is going to be such a juicy episode, but I feel like this is going to be such a a juicy episode. Like, <laughs> like the topic of, of what we're going to be exploring together today is just so needed and I feel like when women are hearing this or anybody's hearing this it's going to really be like that makes so much sense so I can't wait to get into it now kick us off tell us what day of your menstrual cycle are you on and how are you checking in today thank you for asking I am actually on I believe I'm on day 28 so I should be beginning to bleed any time now hopefully Um, and yeah, how I'm checking in with myself through that is just really noticing that sensation in my body of, um, just knowing that I am going to bleed soon. I'm starting to experience more of those like quote PMS symptoms where I can feel my body shifting, my emotions shifting, my energy shifting as I begin to prepare for my bleeding time. So that's where I'm at today in my menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. I love that feeling. It's like dropping into your body really this time because you just, that energy is just downward. Oh, yeah. thank you. Okay. Well, most people are not going to really know who you are. So <laughs> share with us, who are you? What do you do? Where do you live? And, you know, what are you all about? How did you get onto this journey? Yeah. So my name is Tarani Nicole. I currently live in Austin, Texas in the United States. And my whole work presently is all about embodiment and um what that means to me is really the pathway of welcoming yourself to live a life that is you know full of your desires and really coming into a space where you are grounded in your life and knowing that you basically are the gatekeeper the key holder um the the entire person uh, who creates your own reality. So the way that I work with the theme of embodiment is through dance, also um, meditation and breath work. And then I'm also an energy healer. I started learning um, energy healing with Reiki, which is a a modality of energy healing um, in 2013. And so since then I've gone through you know, trainings. I've been a teacher since 2017. I've trained, you know, more than a hundred people in uh, Reiki, doing attunements and retreats and um, ceremonies with people around vibrational healing. And then that has evolved to sound healing. So I have a lot of modalities in my tool belt, um, which I love to pull upon uh, depending on like what theme of embodiment we're working with. So My work is not just um, one dimensional, it's multidimensional, it's multifaceted. And rather than approaching embodiment with one tool, I approach it with all of my tools 
so that I can listen to what you, or say if I'm in a group scenario with my work, what the group is experiencing, I can listen to it and then naturally pull upon the tools that are needed for, um, to help guide deeper into the embodiment practice. And so this may look like, you know, really digging deep and doing the shadow work. This might mean like resurrecting the soul or, you know, going on these like wild radical journeys, or it might be adding softness and grace. So yeah, just, it's all, it's all around embodiment and really doing not just like the conscious work or just the body work, but also the soul work that it takes to really have a full cup and, and hold the reins of your life. Speaking my language. <laughs> um, <laughs> I um, It just goes, yeah, there's so many ways that we can become unembodied in the world today. And yeah. the re-embodiment is the opposite of that and bringing, I feel, and, you know, when I teach Ayurveda and the, the Indian medicine of this is that everything is about bringing yourself back into balance and harmony and we don't realise how unembodied we are. And so to re-establish that, we need embodiment and mm-hmm. <clears throat> to live in that essence. But many of us don't even know what that is. And so in this episode, we're going to be talking about that and the balance of femininity and what is feminine embodiment, because I feel like that's important. What, why do you feel that's important? Like, what do you see in the world around feminine embodiment, embodiment and embodiment in general? Mm-hmm. Thank you for asking. Um, you know, I think it's, it's not hard to see that our world is currently running on a very masculine complex and a very masculine um, approach to life in general. And, you know, as a, on a day-to-day basis, as women, we can, we can really see this in the way that we approach life, approach our body, approach our mind, and also approach getting our needs met. We tend to push ourselves. We tend to um, disassociate from our own bodies and our own minds and definitely our spirits and even life as a whole. We, a lot of people go their days just kind of, you know, following the status quo or following like what's expected of them rather than like really tapping into how they're feeling and what they're desiring and what what is needed from them not just from their own spirit or their own soul or consciousness but also from life and like our collective so for me the importance of feminine embodiment and why I've like literally devoted my whole life to this work as radical as it is is because I know that we are in a place in a time on our planet where we need more women waking up to their full potential and waking up to their personal power. And the only way to do that is through embodying themselves because you cannot be in the full range of your power. If you are shackled down to, to disharmonies that lead you to ignoring your body, ignoring your emotions, being uneducated about what even is going on in your body and just leaving it to systems um, and like the world at large to guide you. We have to take the integrity to stay in alignment with our bodies and listen to her and serve her so that we can really like live a juicy life and begin to mend some of the chaos (laughs) that Mm -hmm. is currently present on our planet. And I think it's important to note just on the chaos thing is we can't escape chaos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's always going to be there. We can't escape it, 
but understanding it is really important. And you mentioned a little bit about tuning into the body and listening to the body, but how does, how do you do that? Like, what does listening to our body actually feel like? Like, can you explain the process for women who have felt really disconnected and they're like, man, I need, like, how do you do that? I don't even know how to do that. How could they explain the process and what does it feel like? And how do you connect with your body? Yeah. Wow. I feel like there's so, there's so many ways to answer this question because each of us are different and have our own unique um, experience with our body. So yeah, this is, it's, it's really like, there's so many different ways, but for me, I notice um, there's kind of two spec two spectrums of, you know, body and, and approaches to listening to the body, depending on, you know, one, do you have trauma? And is that is, is your disconnection to your body a trauma response or two, or have you just be, been desensitized? So those are kind of the two spectrums of like, how I would approach um, feeling into your body differently. So I'll start with the traumatized one. If you have trauma, and you have disconnected or disassociated from your body because of your trauma, I would begin by just being with yourself and being really slow and just taking time to, you know, sit down, whether that's in the morning when you first wake up or before you go to bed or, you know, whatever time feels right, but really creating it as a daily practice and sitting with yourself and just breathing into your body, feeling the sensation of air coming into her and releasing from her, feeling all the, the different sensations in your mind and your neck, your shoulders, how it feels to breathe into your lungs, feeling the bowl of your pelvis and your abdomen, feeling your womb, your legs, and just really acutely focusing your mind to analyze your body and just take note of how she's feeling. And as you approach yourself in this soft way daily, you'll begin to notice things like, oh, okay, I notice I have this tension like every day in my left shoulder or you know, I notice that every day I, it's hard for me to tune in with my womb space or my hips or my legs, you know, and you can begin to build a relationship with your body based off of what you just, what you find, um, to figure out and connect the dots of like, okay, what is going on in my body? What is she holding there? Um, what is being held that is blocking me from really, really, really being in touch with my body? Because when we go through trauma, the body stores this information and these experiences in our fascia and our tissues and, you know, our blood, our bones, like our bodies literally download this information. And so in order for us to even get free of this information, we have to look at the body as a terrain and figure out where we're storing trauma. In order to even figure that out, you have to sit with yourself and you have to tune into her and just listen to her. And so that's how I would approach approach it if you are on more of like a trauma traumatized like desensitive like or a traumatized situation of, of be, not being connected with your body and then on the other spectrum if you are just desensitized and this can happen from so many <laughs> so many different factors especially living in a male dominated world of having to work and grind and just you know that like go 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 culture we get desensitized 
Um, and that creates a huge disconnection with ourselves and being able to really feel what's going on because we find it hard to even sit down and tune in with ourselves when we are desensitized because our attention span is so short. So to even begin to feel into your body as a desensitized woman, I, uh, I recommend movement. And so that can look like yoga, that can look like dancing, that can look like Qigong. Uh, there's different modalities that have been um, practiced throughout centuries by, by indigenous people, ancient cultures, to really bring ourselves into alignment with our bodies. My preferred way of doing this is through embodied dance. And so I, I set the intention, you know, I'll, I'll put on a playlist and I'll set the intention, okay, this morning I am going to dance with my womb and I'm going to set that intention to embody my womb and get to know her and help release any, you know, tissues through the somatic healing of moving my body. And so through that dance and through that movement and going with the song, you begin to, to feel the sensations of how the music makes you feel, how the lyrics make you feel, how you're feeling as you move your hips, as you move your shoulders, and what that means for you as a conscious being connecting with your body. And so in that practice, you are sensitizing yourself because you are tuning back into the sensations of your body. You're not, you're not perpetuating the numbness, you are sensitizing it. So that's how I would explain, <laughs> explain um, you know, tuning into your body and what that looks like and what that means depending on why you're, you're feeling stuck in your relationship to your body. These are such great examples. I, I want to tune back to when you mentioned about trauma because I feel that the old version of me, so if I, if I fast forward like 10 years ago and you mentioned trauma to me and I was 25, 24, I would mm -hmm. be like, oh, trauma, that's when something like rape happens or someone in your life dies or you're in a really bad accident. Like that's what I would associate trauma with. But being the wiser version of myself, Trauma can be someone says something extremely rude to you and it triggers something that's old in you. Like that could be trauma. Mm -hmm. um, going through a relationship, a romantic relationship breakup could feel traumatic. You know, cutting a part of your life apart, restarting your life can feel traumatic. Um, recently, I went through a termination. That is a form of trauma. Um, so there's multiple different facets of trauma. It doesn't have to be something that the movies would say is traumatic. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to highlight that because I feel like some women, when we're in trauma, we can disassociate with the trauma and be like, no, no, I'm fine. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not in trauma. <laughs> and then we don't realize that we're actually, fuck, I have to do this work. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that. And I also love that you mentioned about dance because for me, I, I love movement and the way I interpret connecting with the body and really understanding the body is quietening the mind. And I like, you, no one can see me except for you, which is a bit unfortunate, but I always like think that anything that happens from the neck up is in the mind and anything you're doing with the neck down is in the body. So whether it's your going for a walk, whether you're doing dance, whether you're on your yoga mat, whether you are getting a massage, like all of these things are body practices and that can help you get more in your body. 
Um, and there's so many things I love to teach around menstrual cycles and your menstruation and embodying that aspect of your cycle. But let's talk now about how the body, like, well, like, okay, blah, 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 blah. Let me reword all of this is when we're in the body. So let's just say we understand how to connect with the body and we're feeling something's off. I don't know what it is. Let's talk about the body connection with our feminine and masculine balance, because we've recorded a couple of episodes already on the podcast about, I feel that this year, and I did this with Cassandra Wilder, is that I feel that this year is the, the year of feminine embodiment, the year mm-hmm. of feminine rising and the, in, um, the increase of feminine consciousness. But what about our own polarity of femininity and masculinity in our own bodies? Like how can we connect with that aspect of ourselves along with connecting with our body? Yeah, this is such a great question. Um, yeah, because, you know, the truth is we don't want to be on, on, on one side of the spectrum. We want to be balanced in both sides of the spectrum as far as our feminine energy and our masculine energy. And you can also think about this as your left side of your brain, your right side of your brain, right? So we have these hemispheres inside of us that are completely resemblant of masculine and feminine energy. And so if you are in a space where you are feeling very like stuck (laughs) and um, especially around trauma, like there's one thing I wanted to say based off what you were saying and project this to our beautiful community listening is just because your trauma or your experience is not as bad as you have been led to believe that trauma is does not mean it's not bad. So I just, I just wanted to say that, but mm-hmm. <laughs> also, you know, our, our feminine and our masculine energies communicate with us in different ways. I find that the masculine is very similar to the ego. It's very loud. It's very bold. It's very like rigid. Whereas the femininity is more soft, it's more graceful, it's more fluid, right? And so we can kind of decipher which area of our masculine or our feminine energy that we are rooted in based off of how we're approaching life and approaching our own selves. So if your thoughts are, you know, very like strong and dominating and loud and overpowering in your in your life you are way too in your masculine energy whereas if your thoughts are like really fluy fluid and like fluttery and like you know kind of all over the place you're probably too much in your feminine energy and so both sides of the spectrum can really have implications and situations that really don't serve us in our best interest so that's why the key is to bring them into balance because you do want your your life and how you're expressing yourselves and your own inner thoughts to reflect harmony and that would look like you know not being too critical yet not being too like fluffy or like you know whatever (laughs) the best word is Um, you want to really be like discerning and grounded in love and compassion for yourself and the world and logical, but also artistic. And you want to have that harmony. And so, yeah, you can decipher it just through noticing, like, what is the quality of my thoughts? How loud are my thoughts? How quiet Mm -hmm. are my thoughts? How am I approaching? Yeah. How are we, how am I approaching my actions when I go to do something, especially as an entrepreneur, or like a a woman leader and any type of leader, how we're approaching things says a lot about the energy that we're holding. And so you can, you know, be like super like 
to the point, super organized, super like, you know, fierce about how you're putting things out there in the world, or you can be really fluid and like, really like kind of like letting it flow and not have like a lot of structure. Um, so that could be how it, it, your actions would manifest, but you want it to be balanced. You don't want to be too strong in what you're expressing or putting out there, but you also don't want to be like ungrounded. You want to be like harmonious and have a plan, but be flexible and communicate from the heart and not too much of the mind and just dance and like this fluidity, you know? <laughs> I love that you spoke to that about women who maybe run their own businesses. This was me a hundred percent. If I fast forward five years ago or even a little bit longer, you know, in business, I was like, cannot rest. I am the energizer bunny and I will keep going until I hit burnout. And that's when my business will succeed. And I was very, very masculine driven in my business. And then as I started to adapt, like how that changed for me is that as I was adapting menstrual cycle awareness and resting on my site, like when I was menstruating and slowly welcoming in those practices years ago, I started to recognize that I was forcing things and it was becoming stagnant, like stagnant, like it wasn't actually allowing and flowing and people weren't showing up at the right times and everything felt hard and that was a sign to me I'm like fuck if everything feels hard then it's not in alignment mm -hmm. something's out of alignment so I love that you spoke to that and so if you're a lady or a menstruator listening to this and you run a business and you are the like action take a boss babe I actually don't like the boss babe movement mm -hmm. because of this reason it encourages I am a big badass boss and I can do all of these things and I can be just like a man yeah you can but what about the feminine aspects of yourself? Mm -hmm. How important is it to embrace the feminine aspects of ourselves as females? So I'm not speaking to the males or those who identify as males, but as a female, why is it utterly important for us to embrace with femininity and the feminine aspects of ourselves? Mm -hmm. I love this question. Um, you know, I find that it's really important for us to express our femininity and, and really live from a space of our femininity because there's so much to learn coming from literally centuries of disenfranchised women. Um, you know, this is something we're having to relearn. And so I think right now as, as women living women, we are relearning what it means to be feminine. And so each day when we give ourselves permission to tap into our body, ask our bodies how she's feeling and really like settle into her wisdom and what she wants, what she's desiring, we are literally laying the ground for the next centuries to come of feminine power and feminine embodiment. We cannot experience feminine power and feminine in the rising of the feminine without devoting ourselves to the expression of feminine energy. And it's so important because we cannot keep going on <laughs> in this masculine way. We cannot push ourselves to depletion. You know, the goal of the enlightened woman and the embodied woman is to show up for herself every single day and to listen to her, her needs every single day so that she becomes so empowered and so strong that depletion isn't even an issue. You don't even get depleted because you are showing up for yourself every day and you're taking care of yourself and you're in tune and you're listening, you know, like we have to do that because 
we can't, we, you know, as, as long as we are depleting ourselves, we're depleting the planet, we're depleting the, the animals of our planet, we're depleting the consciousness of our planet, and we just, we can't keep going on that route. <laughs> it's not, it's not safe anymore at all. You're spot on. We can't. It's, it's a very, um, it's kind of like putting in Ayurveda, I would say, like putting fire on fire. You know, what happens when you add fire to fire? Boom, more fire. And that's where the ultimate imbalance is being created because you're feeding the imbalance. Mm -hmm. And that's very unhealthy. Very, and that we see that in all health challenges around your menstrual cycle, anything to do with reproduction in the endocrine system. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like a lot of women these days, and I saying that when I say women, I mean those who identify as women mm -hmm. or others. Mm -hmm. And that's, we're reaching burnout, chronic fatigue, adrenal fatigue. Adrenals are linked to your endocrine system. They're an element of your endocrine system. And when we, our endocrine system functions differently to a male's endocrine system. And so when we push this to the limits, thinking we can do everything that a male can do, we don't realize that we have to live a birth, death, life cycle, every cycle, every menstrual cycle. And men don't need to do that. And so we're reaching this oh imbalance and it's like oh why is this happening to me right i have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my reset your cycle masterclass series this is a three-part live class series to transform your menstrual cycle knowledge and increase cycle confidence throughout three live classes you'll discover understanding your cycle hormones what they are how they change throughout the four phases of your monthly cycle and how they contribute to how you feel You'll also discover cycle disruptors and what you can do. Those things that make you feel a little bit out of whack through your cycle off balance and impact your moods along with your hormones. And then we cover your cycle and natural contraception. Gain a better understanding of contraception, the good, the confusing, and how to choose a contraceptive method that serves you and your health goals. Head over to wellsome.com forward slash shop to learn more. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com forward slash shop and use the code cycle love to save 20% off. So I'd love for you to share, like what are feminine energy traits for women who are like, fuck, I should, I, I'd like to do that. I want to learn more about this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, unless you want to come and join my online virtual retreat where I teach about it, tell us mm -hmm. what are feminine energy traits? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like um, feminine energy traits really align with the menstrual cycle and the different phases of the menstrual cycle. We can see a direct reflection um, in our energy traits just based off of what we experience in our menstrual cycle. So during our bleeding time, I find that, you know, we're very intuitive, which, you know, that's kind of a universal truth that all folks align with is that women are intuitive. So when we're in our feminine energy, we are tapped into our own inner knowing and we're very resourceful to our own connection with our intuition. So that is reflected through our menstrual, when we're menstruating and we're bleeding, like we're so thin beyond the veil of like this world, like we are in tune with our spirit. We're having to navigate pain in our body and, and very elusive because we're losing blood. And that really comes from this like spiritual nature. And I think we gain a lot of our spiritual stripes from when we're bleeding, <laughs> like how strong and how intuitive we are. Um, and then, you know, coming into the follicular phase, we're very creative. We're very, um, you know, really 
we have the feminine energy has this profound ability to create and to be inspired and to you know take our intuitive messages and like literally like grow them just like we would grow the tissue of our you know endometrial lining that we end up shedding we're very creative very in tune and we have this like spark of energy that we can just pop in create nurture and like restore life and then when we come into the the um, ovulation phase where we're in our fertility that is such a feminine frequency like men they don't they're like always fertile like <laughs> right they, they always have this energy but for us we have this like small period where we are fertile and to me that's speaks to our feminine energy of being very intentional on what we're wanting to give life to. We have this creative spark that I just spoke about, but we want to be intentional on what we are channeling that creative spark into. So our feminine energy is very discerning around its own fertility and its own ability to create and sustain life. And then you know, reflecting on the luteal phase as far as feminine energy, um, that really speaks to our, our ability to be reflective and to really, you know, go inward and tune in with ourselves and, 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 and not shove away what we're feeling or what we're experiencing, but really reflecting on our own experience, our own thoughts, our quality of life, what's working, what's not working. And so kind of to sum up that whole state, the whole statement of feminine energy is we're intuitive. We are, you know, very, very creative. We are very fertile and discerning with our fertility, as well as reflective and very um, capable of assessing our own shit to figure out what we need to do to really make things happen for us and not to us. I just love so much how you tied everything there into the menstrual cycle. I was just like, this is so juicy because it's really important to understand that like when you mentioned a little bit about the energy difference between a, a masculine male and then, a, oh, I shouldn't say masculine male, let me re reword that, a male, a person who identifies as a male versus a person who identifies as a woman is that it's extremely different. And I feel that we try to categorize ourselves as identifying as women in the masculine thing. Oh, I live in a masculine world. So I need to go to the gym all the time and I need to eat the same food all the time. And therefore my libido has to be the same all the time. And then when our libido is a little bit lower because who the fuck knows, maybe your estrogen is low because you're at a low estrogen time of your cycle. And then you start literally giving yourself a mind um, trauma, <laughs> mindful thoughts about, hang on, I'm, I have low libido and my partner wants to have sex and I'm not really feeling turned on now. What's wrong with me? There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with you. That's the, the beauty and the essence of embracing this lovely flow, right, between femininity and masculinity. Um, it's just, it's a beautiful art and it takes time to embody it. But how would you say for women who want to embody their feminine essence and their feminine energy in this way, what are some starting steps that they could do, you know, if they wanted to embody this, how would they start if they've never done this work before and they're like, I don't feel like all this woohoo stuff's going to be good for me. <laughs> what are some simple ways they could start out? 
Mm-hmm. Thank you. Number one is a morning routine. And the reason why I say this is essential is because if you start your day by showing up for yourselves, you will not go the rest of the day trying to fit that in. And I find that that happens so much with, you know, not just my clients, but my own family members and my own friends. Like it's like women are constantly trying to fit themselves into their schedule. And the only remedy to that is beginning your day with you. And so that might look like, you know, doing that body scanning practice first thing in the morning, checking in with yourself. How is she feeling? What does she need today? What is our intention for today? Maybe that's journaling, expressing your thoughts so you can get all of that like rat rat race of like toxic masculine traits of like the mind out of your head and put it on paper so that you're free from it. That might look like doing a meditation or drinking some tea It's not so much about what you're doing. It's more about the fact that you're just doing it for you. And that will create a dramatic shift in how embodied you're feeling because you're not stuck. You're not like building up so much shit that like it just bursts out, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, this can be like a 10 minute. It can be be explosive sometimes too. Like we wonder why why am I so snappy all of a sudden? It's like, well, if you haven't been checking in and addressing how you feel and then expressing that, it can kind of erupt, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So it's very important. And I find in myself, like, I think starting this July, I was finally like, okay, I need to like start doing my morning routine. Like I, I'll do it for a little while and I would fall off. And I found that for me, what helped me make that conscious shift where I have been able to sustain a morning practice for like so many months now is because I gave myself freedom every day to just check in with myself and see what I needed. So some mornings I I want a tea ceremony. Some mornings I just want to journal. Some mornings Mm. I want a self-pleasure. It just depends on what she wants and what she needs so that my needs can be taken care of before I go and take care of the rest of the world's needs. So that is a very key foundational thing to add to your life if you're wanting to explore feminine embodiment. I would say another aspect is dance. Um, If we look at ancient cultures and indigenous cultures, females dancing was such a key aspect to their own empowerment and embodiment. And you might say, oh, I don't know how to dance. I can't dance. And if, if that narrative is running in your head, then you have work to do, my love, because we can all dance. We all have bodies. We can all move. And if you feel like you can't dance, then you're probably desensitized or you're having a trauma response that's not letting you go there. So work on it, you know, be graceful with yourself. But if that's how you're feeling, then somatic healing is exactly what you need to work with your body and relearn how to give yourself permission to explore self-expression. So those are the two things that I would 100% recommend to women who are wanting to explore their own embodiment is putting themselves first with a morning routine and giving themselves permission to move their body. Permission is just huge, right? Just even that word, just giving yourself permission. I feel I, I could speak to so much of that, but I think just on the, the, the topic of permission is if you just allow yourself to feel, So give yourself the permission to feel full, 
give yourself the permit a full of what I'm thinking of eating, you know, feeling full from eating, give yourself the permission to feel tired, give yourself the permission to feel angry or feel frustrated. I think it starts with such small little incremental steps and that can help awaken. Oh, so that's me checking in with my body and that's me connecting with myself. Um, these are really great simple steps because it can be so overwhelming. And I love the morning routine practice in Ayurveda. We are built on routine. For example, like I always bring it back to the analogy of babies is that if a baby has a good routine, the baby is a, I don't want to say a good baby, but is a balanced baby, sleeps well, eats well, shits well recycle sleep eat shit <laughs> but if that baby has a broken retreat routine because you go on holiday or you are out late one night and the baby's sleeping in a different room you're breaking the routine and then that baby might have different poo the next day or it might be a little bit more restless if we take that principle of us as humans thrive on routine as a child we as adults thrive on routine and i think giving to yourself before you give to others is such a beautiful beautiful way we can work it um, yeah now I let's talk. Oh, sorry, you go. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on, you know, the reason why it is important is because we do have these toxic traits of like feminine and masculine energy. And when we're in our toxic, femi toxic femininity, we're people pleasing and we're putting everybody first and we're making everybody, making sure that everybody's needs are met before our own. And that is just toxic. So I just wanted to, to put that out there that that is why you have to put yourself first is to remove that toxicity that is going to run you into the ground ultimately. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes balls to identify that it's toxic. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> really? Like it might be a relationship like a friendship that's a bit toxic. It could be a living environment. It could be a work like your job or your business. Um, and it takes a lot of balls. Like I literally just had this conversation with a client two days ago where a, one of her closest friendships was extremely toxic and it was making her flip back to the old habits that she had that she didn't want, but she was feeling peer pressured and bullied by this person, but didn't realize that she was being bullied. Mm -hmm. And she had to call out the toxicity and it takes balls. It's uncomfortable, but that's where the growth happens. Yeah. In the uncomfortable moments. So mm -hmm. I just, I lo I'm really loving all these topics that we're talking about around embracing your feminine essence and awakening that so that you can embody it. Let's talk a little bit more before we run out of time about the masculinity. If we are living too masculine, we talked about tips on stepping into the feminine. If we're living too masculine, we feel like we are that overworker or the powerhouse, so to speak. Mm -hmm. What are some simple tips that we can bring into our day to support ourselves in dropping out of heightened masculine because we need masculine, but when it's heightened, um, we need to like learn to rebalance that. So how can we drop out of masculine? Maybe like three or five tips that would work really well mm -hmm. for us. Yeah. Yeah. So the first ones that come to mind, um, number one, I think is grounding. Um, when we're really in our, in our go, 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 like masculine mentality, just taking a moment to stop and like be with the earth, whether that's like, bringing your bare feet to the earth or going on a walk or, you know, just staring at the sky or whatever, just getting outside and getting with the earth to ground down will really help to settle your energy and bring it back into balance. So that would be my number one. Number two, I would say is journaling. 
because when we have all of that running around in our head, it really just needs a way to be exported. So just taking a moment to, you know, write everything down that's going on in your head or whatever stories are going on in your head for like three pages and just getting it out all on paper really will help you feel like you have some more space between your thoughts because it's not all like congested. It gives it some space. Um, and then number three, I would say is, um, yeah, just really coming back to the movement, whether that is, you know, doing some kind of practice to drop you into a space of thoughtlessness where your body is just expressing itself. So yoga is a great tool for that, as well as dance, or even um, just like fucking shaking your body and like jumping around just to like shake the shit off will really get you. One of my like, favorite ways. Yes, it will just get you back into that balance because when we're in this like heightened masculine energy, a lot of times, at least for me and like my clients, what I've seen is that we are just, we got like way too much energy and we got way too much going on and we need to just like shake it off or ground it down in the earth or ride it out and just get it off of us so that we can come back into our balance. But if we don't do that, then it's just like constantly circulating and it's just too much energy that we're not going to be able to be constructive with it. Mm, these are really such beautiful, simple tips. Mm-hmm. I love the mind dump with the journaling. That's, that's a really good one. I think sometimes mm-hmm. for me, if I've had a really big day, like sometimes I'll work from clients or do calls from 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. and I'll have mm-hmm. like a little 15-minute breaks between all the calls. And... <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm just like, I just want a masculine man to hug me so I can soften and then say, babe, go for a walk. I'm making dinner. When you come home, all you have to do is shower, sit down, and I'm just going to present you this delicious meal. I'm like, oh, if that happened to me, if you're a male listening to this, I'm single. And if you said that to me, I would just melt. (laughs) I would just melt. Take me. Like, take my heart. Um, but we need to know how to, we, how to balance that for ourselves before we can rely on others to support us balancing that. And I feel too, actually, like, I wasn't going to ask you this question because we're nearly out of time, but what are your thoughts on the fact that we as humans put too much pressure on others to help us rebalance? Because mm-hmm. I don't feel there's enough ownership taken that, okay, I know how to love myself first and therefore I feel fully loved by others. I don't know how to balance my feminine masculine energy myself. So when my partner is normally your romantic partner, is it helping you or making you do that or contributing to that rebalance? There's like, fuck you, (laughs) excuse my language, but like, it's like, but you didn't do this. Then you didn't do that. And you made me feel like this. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, there's like so much to unpack here, but um, yeah, this is something I actually talk about a lot in my course, the temple of her. And the the approach that I take this in is that like one of those toxic feminine traits is that we're waiting for somebody to save us. And ultimately, if you're in that energy of uh, our consciousness of like wanting somebody to do something for you, like you're waiting to be rescued. And maybe that works in like the fairy tales and like the Disney movies, but in real life, it doesn't work and it just perpetuates the problem. And, um, we, it's not sustainable, right? Because what it really comes down to when we have these, um, tendencies and like reactions and 
you know, we, we want somebody to rescue us is it comes down to like our childhood and what we experienced as children that built our subconscious reactions on relationships and, you know, having our, our, ourselves, having our needs met. So it's, it's a whole lot to unpack there. If you're having like that tendency to be like quote rescued, um, and the best way to, to overcome that is just really recognizing that this tendency is so much deeper than this, um, this response. It goes down into like your subconscious and like your childhood and like your parents and how they were when you were being raised and how they treated you and how their parents treated them. And so it's really like this deep inner healing of like, pulling those roots out and examining them and choosing what you are willing to continue to work with and what is no longer working for you. And so you have to examine it and then clear it out and then replant them to be more sustainable because waiting for somebody to rescue you is just, it's just not sustainable. You have to learn how to have an ever flowing well going through your own body to, you know, nurture your life and nurture yourself and take care of yourself. But with that being said, it's totally okay to ask for help sometimes. And sometimes that's just what we need to do. We need to say, Hey, honey, would you mind making dinner tonight so that I can take an extra long bath or, you know, so still honoring when you do need help, but making sure it's not coming from a space of wanting somebody to rescue you. Cause that just, it's, it's not good for your mind to go there. So beautiful because it's so easy for the mind to go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, I think if, you, if you're if you listening to this and you're single like myself and you don't have a partner, um, single at the time of recording this, hopefully not for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. when, it comes, when it comes to receiving that from someone, like for me, dropping out of my masculine into my feminine, you know, I'll call my brother. I'd be like, can you please come over? I just need a hug. Like I just need to be held by the masculine and I have two brothers and one of them is really good at that. Um, He's done a lot of feminine masculine work. And he like, when I, when I feel like the hugs are long enough and I let go, he squeezes even harder and he just stands there and holds the space and he'll just stand there and look at me if I need it. And you know, that's to help soften me because he sees me. So there are other ways you can receive this from others. If you are in, you know, a single, you're a single person, you don't have a romantic partner Um, and don't be afraid to ask for the support, but don't force or have expectations that they're the ones that are going to bring you back into balance. That's a really great point. Mm -hmm. Um, Babe, I have loved chatting about all of this with you and we are out of time. Um, Tell all of our beautiful listeners how they can find you. I have one final podcast question after this, but how can they find you? How can they connect with you um, so they can learn more about what it is that you do? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, The best place to connect with me is on Instagram. I'm pretty active on there. You can find me at earthney underscore energy. So that's a good place as well as um, as well as my website. You can check me out on earthney.com if you're not on social media. I have really beautiful resources from blog posts to um, free course material. I have a free ebook called The Temple of uh, How to, sorry. <laughs> I have a free ebook that is called The Feminine Body as a Sacred Temple. And so it's all about really like nurturing your body and learning how to listen to her and build a relationship with her. And then I also have an online course that is free 
called embodiment codes. And so if you're wanting to like really explore this feminine embodiment jazz, that course is perfect. It has a guided journey that you're going to dance through and move through and breathe through. It also has a video that speaks on why, you know, feminine embodiment in a spiritual context is very, very important for our world right now, as well as some ebook resources. So those are great ways to connect deeper with my work as well as on Instagram. And um, I would be more than happy to, you know, get messages from you guys and have questions and, and dig deeper on this on like a personal level level with you guys. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Can you please send me some links to the link that's going to link people to get those, like where the course is and the ebook that you mentioned um, so I can pop it in the show notes because I think that that would be fantastic for for us all to be able to access and also connect more with what it is that you do to help embody this natural journey that we um, we all deserve to take. Um, mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing. I'm, I feel very blessed to have, be having this conversation with you and sharing it with others. Um, so final podcast question, totally switching gears, is tell us. I want you to think back to, um, Taranae, when you were your younger menstruating self, so like your teen tween when you first got your period and you're going through this journey and I want you to think what are three things you wish you knew then that you now know today mm, wow so yeah number one would be um I wish I knew about like feminine care product alternatives so rather than like using like tampons are like scented and pads that are scented I wish I, I knew that that was like not too good for me and that I can use alternative things so that's number one I also wish that I knew about um just my menstrual cycle as a whole especially around that luteal phase where you like experience more of the hormonal crashes and you tend to get more depressed and self-conscious I wish I knew about how that time impacted my mental health so I didn't think I was crazy or depressed. I was literally just in my luteal phase. Um, and then I also wish I knew, um, or I guess, I guess this is less about knowing, but I wish I had more support around, you know, being cared for during my cycle. I think that just like our school systems and like the world at a whole doesn't really know how to care for women when we are not just bleeding, but like in all of our different phases. And we're just expected to like show up the exact same every single day when our hormones just aren't there. So I wish I was able to be more held in that way. And I look forward to, hold, you know, holding my daughter one day in this way and, and having this awareness and being able to transmute it to her for her own, you know, embodiment of what it means to be a living, breathing and bleeding woman. <laughs> Mm, so beautiful I wish I had all those things too <laughs> totally wish I did um Tarane, thank you so much for joining us on the episode I've absolutely loved it and if you're listening to this and you would like to learn more about this beautiful woman please head to the show notes at wellsome.com forward slash podcast and you'll find everything there for this episode um darling thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me and uh, I can't wait to listen back to all this wisdom that just poured through <laughs> Me too, me too. Yeah. All right, take care. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, 
Take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together we can all live in flow, harmony and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. 